All right. So, ladies, I am super excited to have my good friend Alanka with us again. Uh, she's been with us several times, but over the years, um, what I see is that God is just growing in her into more than a singer, more than an author, but just a woman, a messenger of God. She's got a message on her heart. She's an amazing testimony, um, and she's going to probably share a little bit more about um, her latest book that is hot off the presses pretty soon. Actually, on your tables, you're going to find a flyer because she said it wasn't quite ready. Uh, it hasn't come uh, available yet, but it will soon. It's how you can uh, get her book, order it. So um, she's from South Africa and has a lovely accent. <laughs> And yet, um, she travels nationwide sharing her heart and her story in her song. And so, Alanka, would you please just come and share your heart with us? Please welcome Alanka Deaton as she comes. It's a little bit easier with a, with a handheld microphone. Good morning, everybody. Everybody doing all right this morning? When Karen picked me up at the airport last night, she said, well, we might not meet tomorrow morning, just to give you a heads up. And I thought, well, this is great. I get to have a break from my two kids. <laughs> so I said, that's okay. We'll just hang out then, right? But I'm thrilled that, uh, that you're all here this morning. And um, wanted to give you just a bit of disclaimer. You're either going to like me this morning or you're very much going to dislike me. Seriously. God has put a message on my heart this morning to call you out of hiding. I know for myself, I masquerade sometimes in saying, oh, my life is so busy, or I find things to hide behind because I might be afraid of intimacy, of what's really going on in my life. And, and I know that that's true for all of us. We all can find an excuse and give God excuses of why we cannot deal with the things that we really need to deal with that's in our hearts, but we're really hiding, right? I'm a firm believer that when God gives you a message in your life or a theme for your life that you kind of stick, stick with that. And going through ministry, I, have, um, <clears throat> I started with, with the basic principles of God giving me a voice for other women, to be transparent, to call women, to share their own stories, to find uh, forgiveness, to come to a repentant place with the Lord, to see God's grace in their life. And through my ministry years, I've gotten a bit of away from that. But writing my second book, God just really brought me back to that basic principle of your story matters because you matter. Your story matters because you matter. And you mattered even before you were born. Because Jesus died for you. I love how Joseph Prince says this. Thousands of years before you were born, Jesus already died for everything that could ever happen in your life. Isn't that wonderful news? That is wonderful news. So I'm here to talk to you about you today. I'll share a bit about my life. If you don't know my story, um, you can just YouTube it. And I'm on Steve Harvey. And you can, you can, I'm very transparent with my life, so you can hear everything. But... I want to talk about you today, about how, how do I help you today move to the next growing place in your life, in your relationship 
with Jesus Christ. Here's a little update on just what's been going on in my life. Um, Bill and I are so blessed to have two beautiful little kids. My uh, uh, daughter, Ialia, runs circles around me. Uh, most days, I have no idea how to be a parent. No idea. I will literally stand in the kitchen and say, oh, Lord, help me. I, <laughs> what do I do with this child? She's a strong-willed Docs, Dr. Dobson kid. How, you know, I've read that book so many times, and it still doesn't work. <laughs> and so it's, my own medicine was given back to me, you know? What she's doing to me. And then I have this, this very sweet, laid-back little boy, Elijah, who is, he looks like Bill and he is my husband completely. The, the complete polar opposites. But they do, they give my life so much joy. And um, I'm an A-type personality, so God has to, had to rein me back in a little bit to be a stay-at-home mom. And, and I took a sabbatical for about a year and a half, which has been awesome. I've taken up French and European baking. I thought that all the pregnancy weight wasn't enough, you know? So just add all that butter and French stuff, you know? I'm not really good at it yet, but I'm having a blast doing it, you know. <laughs> Does anybody here bake? Love to bake? Love to get some of your recipes, you know. Some muffins or cupcakes or, you know. We just made a, uh, an opera cake. Has anybody ever had an opera cake? It's delicious, isn't it? It's a 14-stage cake that you have to make. It takes you about six hours to make this cake. It's an incredible cake. It's a French delicacy that was created for the French Opera House. Wonderful. I didn't bake it. My mom baked it. I just watched her, you know, but I ate it. <laughs> All right, ladies, I want to jump right into Scripture with you. If you have your Bible with you, you can turn in your Bible. If you don't, I think we've got the, the, um, the readings for you up on the screen. Paul talks about our future glory in Jesus and how that we are more than conquerors in this life. Right. So when when you run the story of your life with your family and everything that you've been through, at the finish line, you not only win, but you win by miles. You win with a crown of glory on your head. You win with Jesus by your side saying, you have done so well. And, and I love this scripture for, for the things that God can redeem. And it's one of my favorite ones. So let's read it all together. Do we have that for them? Okay, all right. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit. Because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Do you believe that God's will is present in your life? And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. Who I have been called according to this purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. That he might be the firstborn among, among many brothers and sisters. Do you feel that Jesus is a brother to you? Can you say that you consider him your friend? And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. That's that portion of when, when you run this race of your life that you need to realize that you stand in glory with Jesus, not because of how good you are and how well 
Like Amy said, you can control your house. But because of what Jesus did for you, it's, it's always and ever only about what he did for us first, right? What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? There's that word, graciously. Because of his grace. Because of uh, the unfavored merit of God's love for us. Because of what we did not deserve, he gave to us because he loved us. You know, there's a hill song, so I don't think we sang it this morning, but um, that says, God calls you out of hiding because he loves you and because he wants to redeem things in your life that have been broken for far too long. We will bring any, who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Do you find comfort knowing that Jesus and the Holy Host pray for you? Even when you cannot utter the words to ask God for help? That is such a wonderful thing to me. I'm going to say again, Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height or depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is the word of God. Amen. Do you feel a closeness to God when it comes to the hard stuff in your story? Do you invite God into the hard things in your story? Or are you like me to where I tend to run and hide and flee? Have you fully embraced the story of your life? Or have you become a really good secret keeper? You know, as women, we are the best secret keepers in the world. There are many of us in this room that will take those secrets to our grave. But I want to tell you that bitterness, resentment, and anger will overtake you if you do not make amends with the things that are hurtful in your heart that you are hiding from God. You know, he already knows those things. and You know that he knows those things. But yet we, we still hide our face, right? What does it look like to be a secret keeper? Let's, let's take a moment and just imagine that the women 
at the well that had the bleeding. Oh, the woman at the well. I'm sorry. The woman with the bleeding condition. Let's imagine for a moment she's here today. It's 2019. There are no Jewish laws that say she cannot come in the store. There are no laws that say that she cannot sit right here next to Karen or someone else. Right? She can come in. Her doctors know what she's going through. Her husband knows what she's going through, but her kids, mm, they haven't uttered a word yet of what she's going through because they don't want to scare their children, right? Her friends know that something is off, but they don't really know the extent of what is going on in her life. But she shows up here, and she comes and she sits right next to you. And you ask her, how are you? Good morning. And she says, I'm fine. And that's as far as you go. Well, isn't that a wonderful life? And I know that there are women here today who, who, who this is happening to. We are not called into relationship with other women, especially in a setting like this, to just be surfaced with each other. I love that you decorate your house and that you are enthusiastic about a new car that you got. But there's got to be more than that. There has to be a deeper level of, yes, I am parenting, I'm doing all these things, and it's wonderful, it's great, but it's surfaced. What's God really doing in your life? Where is God calling you into the uncomfortable places? For me, I can tell you, it's this is my marriage. I don't trust God. I have a very hard time trusting God with my children. When I go to the park, I am not a helicopter, I'm a black hawk. You should see me. It's embarrassing. My friends don't want to take me to the park. Because I... They're going to fall. What are they going to do? Oh, I want to get GPS trackers for my kids. Right? I struggle to trust God to say, you're going to be here. Where does that fit into my story? I was abandoned as a child by my own father. So therefore, I never got an image of what it looks like to have a man present in my life that's there. Right? So naturally, I struggle. So now I have an option. I can say, you know what? Thank you, friends. I'm not doing play dates. We're not taking the kids to school. My children are not going to go to preschool because I am going to control them. I am going to make sure that they're safe. I'm going to do everything in my power just to make sure that I do not have to face this hiding place in my heart. That's nonsense. No. I will not live as a victim Trapped by the enemy like that. And neither should you. No, we turn. We face the tragedies of our past. I face the tragedy of being abandoned as a child and say, God, I don't trust you, but I want to trust you. I want to trust you with my kids. So I'm going to put my kids in the car and we're going to go. We're going to go. And I'm going to trust that at the end of this park date when my daughter is running like a wild child that I'm going to put them back in the car and she's going to be safe still being responsible as a parent but not going into a hiding place right so what does that translate to in what God says in his word do not fear right so for me fear is a big one what is that thing for you is it fear is it anxiety is it anger maybe resentment Maybe a difficult relationship with one of your children, with one of your parents. Something that you haven't really felt that you could deal with. 
You know, and we are so good at suffering in secret. Like I said, if that woman was sitting here today. But I want to call you out of that place. I'm confessing to you things that I struggle with because I want you later in our discussion time, I want you to confess the things that you struggle with in your life because I'm so convinced that God takes our stories and shows us his story and then redeems those portions of your life that does need to be redeemed. Hallelujah. I'm going to say this again to you. Facing the tragedies of your past will bring you freedom because it leads you to finding comfort through the repentance of that very thing that holds you and binds you. Charles Spurgeon said, I have a great need for Christ. And I have a great Christ for my need. Isn't that awesome? I have a great need for Christ, but I have a great Christ for my need. And that's true for you. So what is your need today? What was your need last week? What has been your need for the past several years that has not been met yet? Right? And I want to say this with all my heart. You haven't done anything wrong in your life that you hide or that a need hasn't been met in your life. It's not about your performance of how well God responds to you. Right? But God's patient because sometimes it just takes us longer to turn to him and say, okay, you've been here all along to help heal this part of my life. I'm ready now for you to do that. So you're not doing anything wrong if you haven't, so to say, come clean with something. But God is there to meet you when you are ready to take that step. And I, and I do pray and hope that this morning that you will in some of those comfortable things. We do have a great comfort of Jesus. He and the Father and the Holy Spirit greatly, greatly, greatly cares about you. You know, one of the beautiful things about the Lord is that He sends people into your life. God calls us into community. He never expects you to do something by yourself, right? And that's why at your table, you have friends, right? You have people that you can talk to. The Lord made us relational from the very beginning. We are relational beings. So we're supposed to rely on each other. We're not supposed to try and do this by ourselves. Do you agree with me? Do you think that you can trust someone with your heart? Trust someone with that thing that you think, mm, nope. They're not going to understand. I'm asking this morning to take a leap of faith and to trust that God will show up for you in those moments. Jesus demonstrated his care and humility in such an awesome way to us when he washed his disciples' feet. It's one of the most beautiful scriptures or a picture in the Bible of when Jesus did this. John 13, 12 through 17. I think we have that for you. There it is. When, we had, when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to this place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord. And rightly so, for that is who I am. 
Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I've set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. So what does it look like to have your feet washed by friends? I'll give you an example. Karen and I have been texting each other back and forth about me. Um, I first was going to drive in with the kids and then I thought, what am I thinking? I can't do that. I won't, I won't survive the trip. Uh, <laughs> I would have survived. But anyway, and I thought, no, I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to fly in. And so just with how schedules worked out and the kids' activities, I had to come in really late. So I flew in at 11.30 last night. And Karen, God bless her, showed up at the airport to come and get me. So for about two weeks, I've been trying to convince her to let me take an Uber. Look, I can just, I can just Uber it. I can take a taxi. I can be totally fine. You don't have to come to the airport. I don't want to impose you. And eventually, Karen just said, Ilonka, please let me take care of you. How often do we feel that we're such a burden to people who want to bless you? Well, guess what? If I withhold her blessing me, I won't get that portion to bless someone else. It's almost like you put yourself in a cage to say, no, I don't want anybody to be nice to me. I don't want anybody to bless me. I don't want anybody to help me because I'm self-sufficient and I can do all of this for myself. Back to what Amy said, control, 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 control. All the way to that extreme. What it looks like is you saying, Yes, please. A simple yes, please, and a thank you if someone wants to bless you and wash your feet. Now, what if, you, what if you're in a place to where you've owned your story, you don't feel like there's anything in your life that you're hiding from God, you're completely transparent, you are exactly where you've always prayed and wanted to be, then you are exactly the person that needs to mentor someone else who is not. Our work is never done. We don't get to a place where we say, well, I've arrived. Right? Because I can promise you, a year from now, God is going to reveal something else in your life. Because we live in a broken world. And we try to push back the effects of the fall. But the reality is we are broken people living in a broken world. And it will be broken until Jesus comes back. So until Jesus comes back, he's the one holding on to us. Not us holding on to him. And we continue walking out the stories of our life, right? So what is your story? What have you been through? What are you currently going through? Where would you like to see God go with you in your life? And what do you want to see healed in your life? We need each other desperately. You don't have to carry your own story by yourself. Living a transparent life will give your family and your friends permission to trust you and to lead that kind of a life with you. We're going to do a little bit of an exercise. I want you to close your eyes. I want you to imagine that you are 
the woman who has the bleeding condition. But let's transport you back all the way into Jesus' time. I'll give you a moment to imagine yourself there. You're standing in a house. You're looking out of a window. And you see a crowd forming. And you hear whispers. What are they talking about? Is, it, is that Jesus? You hear people running. Children screaming. The crowd is getting bigger. And, and, and you're just standing looking through this window. Oh, how I wish I could have the courage to go up to him. He starts moving towards your house and the road just in front of your house and, and you're thinking, mm, can I go? Do you think that maybe he would be the one that could help me? The crowds are pressing against him and they're getting so close to your house. And you want, you want to go, but you're afraid. I just know that if Jesus touches me, I can, I can be rid of this thing that no one understands, that everybody is casting me aside for. I know that he can. With courage, you rush out the door and you, and you go to the back of the crowd and you think, if I go low enough, if I go low enough, I can press my way through. Do you feel the pebbles on your hands? Do you hear the crowd around you? Do you feel the ache in your heart of what needs to be restored? On your hands and knees, it's hurting your knees. You're crawling and pressing further and further and further. And, and you can almost see the hem of his garment. Do you feel your determination that this could be the day, this could be it? Pray some more. Press a little bit further. Keep going. You're almost there. Keep going. Ah, oh, there's the hem of his garment. I can see it. I can almost smell it. Oh, this crowd is all around me. I have to get to him. Press a little bit more. A little bit more. Ah, oh, you have it in your hand. Now hold on to it. And now in silence, you give to God what is festering in your heart. Wash. Wash, Lord. Wash your daughter. Wash your daughter, Lord, with what's in her. Wash your word over her, Lord. Wash her, Lord, with a new joy, a new freedom. A new depth, Lord, of how well you can take care of her, Father. Wash her, Lord, over and over again. Just wash her. Replace the faulty thinking, Lord, from the new, Lord. Give her a new understanding. Give her a new depth and breath, Lord, of who she is in you, Lord. Give her a greater portion of your Holy Spirit, Lord. And Father, I thank you for the hearts that you're healing today. The hearts that you are opening today. The hearts that you are working on, Lord. 
And Father, I just declare, Lord, that the enemy has no foot on any of their lives or their hearts, Lord. And that fear will not even be an object, Lord, when it comes to surrendering our hiding places to you. Father, I pray this in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. As you go through the seasons of your life, you will have times to where you won't be able to do as many Bible studies and write journals and things like that. If you have small kids, it's, it's really impossible sometimes to do things like that. But you're going to get to a seat in your life where you can, where your kids are a little bit older maybe, and you can take notes, and you can journal, and you can really dig into the Bible, and, and that's awesome. For those of you who are in a journaling place, if you want to walk through your story, my book is a 16-week study that walks you straight through that, that can help you. If you're in a place where you think, oh my gosh, I do not want to do my story, I don't want anybody to know my story, we want to pray for you today that you will find the courage through the Lord to be able to do that. Wherever you are, I just want you to focus on your story and that you matter and that God will use your story to glorify himself to other people. That is how we are Jesus to the women in our lives, to our families, to say, I've come through this. Here is what God has done. Now I'm going to give it to you. And you know this verse, he comforts us. Why? He comforts us to all of our troubles so that we can therefore comfort others, right? And I'm going to end on that note. God bless you all. God bless you all, Karen. Thank you.